Hey everybody, and welcome to Wedding Videography for Beginners. I am your host, Phil Beabout, and today we are talking with Jesse from Salt and Pine Films on business growth. Jesse just went full-time right about the same time that we did, so I think that it's a, a great idea to discuss their approach to going full-time and then to see how it's going. I'm super stoked to have Jesse on, uh, so let's get after it. Jesse, how are you doing? I'm pretty good, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really exciting. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no, I'm stoked. And just full disclosure, I do know Jesse, like Jesse and I are friends. So, uh, yes, you know, that is true. If we, if we make like offhand comments to each other, we're not being rude. We just know each other. So don't, yeah. Uh, like even, even right now I'm getting lost in Phil's eyes on the video chat. Yes. Um, there he you go. Looks, he looks great. Yeah, no, it took me a long time. My, one of my call signs in the military was angel eyes. That, that took a while to get I can see it. Sure. Yeah, that was, that was, That's a, very that was a hard one. Well, yeah. I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> so they also used to call me free fall Phil. Here's a completely random story for everybody. Uh, when, when I, when I got out of uh, uh, what's called field medical service school and I went to third battalion, first Marines, I went to a scout sniper platoon. And when I introduced myself, there was a guy named Sergeant Johnson. He was sitting on a picnic table he said, what's your name, doc? And I was like, oh, it's Phil, which you just don't like until you get to know people in units like that. Like you can't just talk to you can't just introduce yourself by your first name. So free fall Phil was my name for like a year. Like it took a <laughs> long time to get out from underneath that mistake. Like he got like scuba Steve free fall Phil. You know what I mean? Like that was, yeah, that, that took a minute. So you, you really jumped the gun there. You should have just given him your social security number. Yeah. Well, I was 18. So I didn't, you know, oh, I wow. 19 on that first deployment. So yeah, I was 18 years old. I didn't know any better. And then I just got hazed for a while. So, but that's not that I have digressed <laughs> completely from wedding videography. Uh, Jesse, why don't, why don't we start at the beginning? How, how did you get started? Well, actually, how did you get started in cinematography? And then we can move, we can move into the wedding aspect. Ooh, going really far back. Love it. Um, yeah. So I actually, I grew up, my dad worked in television. Um, so I was always kind of around cameras and camera gear. Uh, and then it kind of, I was like doing stuff kind of here and there in high school. I diverged a little bit when I started college uh, I started doing architecture, so still kind of designy, being creative, um, but it was just sort of a grueling major. Um, it was just a lot of alone time, just alone in my bedroom, uh, gluing balsa wood together. And I was just getting kind of lonely and like down about it. And so I took a semester off, which admittedly I should have done from the jump and really thought about what I wanted to do. Um, and I always loved film. I always had a passion for video. I always loved making short films. <clears throat> um, so it just seemed like a, a good avenue to go down. So I applied to Emerson in Boston uh, and I got into their film program uh, and I just kept, I kept falling in love with it. Um, and I, I really specialized while I was there in cinematography and editing. I knew I kind of wanted to make my own stuff and, and really take ownership over, over at least the short films I was making. Um, and then, yeah, that led me down, down the path to doing commercial work and, and now wedding work. So when, when was your first wedding? So the, the very first wedding I ever did, um, my wife and I, who is the other half of, of Salt and Pine Films, uh, we had a friend who was getting married in Denmark. Uh, she was the maid of honor. 
and it was a very small, it was a very small wedding. Um, and our friend, you know, knew we had a camera and she was just like, Hey, do you mind taking, you know, some, some clips and sort of documenting the day? And we were like, yeah, of course we had, I think a Canon 60D and a Gorillapod in a single lens. <laughs> uh, and we just did our best documenting the day. And then we came back to the States and they had like a big reception for all of the family and friends that couldn't go to Denmark. So we just put that footage together and made a little wedding video that they showed at their reception. And we got just a ton of compliments on it. People were really impressed and they were like, you know, I feel like you two could probably do this for a living. And it had never crossed our minds. Um, you know, I feel like a lot of wedding videographers kind of fall into it one way or another, but you know, we said, maybe this is something we could do. Maybe this is an avenue we could pursue. And so we slowly but surely just kept doing some weddings for friends, uh, mainly for free. I think one of the the most fun ones we did for a, a, a couple of friends of ours who are maple syrup farmers up in Vermont, and they just paid us in a big gallon of maple syrup. Uh, You know, just so we could build our content library and start having stuff to show. And uh, yeah, just sort of built it slowly but surely from there. Yeah, no, I mean, and then one day you woke up and you realized, they're like, oh my God, this wedding market out here is, uh, it's definitely worth it. (laughs) So, Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't stress to people just how, I mean, one, there's a market for everybody, just in general terms. Yeah. Like you want to do, like you, you could just, you can niche down like as deep as you want in weddings. Like there's a market for you. So. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. You know, it's funny now when I think about it, because when we started, I think the very first price we ever quoted was 1200. Um, and I remember when someone agreed to pay that, like <laughs> my wife and I, Pow and I, we looked at each other, like we we're making it like bandits. We we're like, Oh my God, someone's willing to pay that much money. Um, and you know, it's important to remember that there's people right now who I'm in a different stage in, in the wedding film business, but there's people who are just starting out right now who are feeling that exact same way about making, you know, whether it's eight or a thousand or $1,200. Um, and so you grow as, as time goes on and, um, it's important to, to keep finding your, your market, your audience. Don't mind my dog just walked in, by the way. Yeah, I know. I've seen that. With us. Um, yeah, no, I think episode 34, I was talking about, uh, you know, our first wedding that we booked was 1500 and we were so stoked that somebody was just willing to pay us money. Like that was, yeah. and just the, the contrast between like what that would cost today compared to what that cost in 2019. Like just, you know, it's like an eight times difference or something like it's, it's nuts. It what? So, but yeah, I mean, everybody, I, I think that it's, I think that it's good that, um, uh, everybody has like the same feeling like, Oh my God, somebody just paid me money to do an event for them. Like they, you know, they're taking, they're taking this leap of faith that we're going to show up and we're going to do what we're supposed to do and that kind of stuff. Like it's, it's a very, it's a very cool feeling. Uh, but and I, your, I think it's also like, no, go right ahead. Please go. Oh, ahead. sorry. I, th- I think it's it's important to remember too, like because sometimes I think a lot of us, especially in a creative field, can tend to get imposter syndrome sometimes, um, especially when you're making a lot of money doing creative work. Um, and I think it's always important to remember, even if like the nature of exactly what it is I'm doing day to day hasn't changed that much from the beginning. Uh, it's people are also paying you for all of your experience and all of your your past wisdom that you now have. Right. So like I've learned how to problem solve so many different ways. I've learned how to 
pose people in so many different ways and give people different prompts and really uh, get the most out of a wedding day, both the day of and in the edit. And uh, so, yeah, even if the nature of what it is I'm doing day to day hasn't changed, that experience continues to grow. And that's also what you're, you're making money off of is that experience. Yeah. And I, you know, one thing that I do want to toss out there is I have shot with Jesse before. Uh, and one of the things that I took away from Jesse just in general was how little equipment they had compared to my <laughs> monstrosity of a gorilla cart with, you know, I might as well have just had a, uh, like a jib with me with everything that I had. And, uh, uh, over the last like couple of days, Brittany and I have really sat down and we're down to a think tank bag, a Pelican, and then our tripod bag. That's all we got now. Like nice. we, that's just those, that's those three things. That's it. And, uh, well, we're going to Martha's Vineyard on Saturday, so we needed to like figure out a better system anyways. But I really took what you had to heart because you, you only had a couple of things, which really made me angry. Cause I was like, how is this guy doing this with like six things? And I've got this like truck behind me full of crap. And uh, so uh, I think well, that's, I might actually, that's, that's exactly it. That's the other thing is that experience I was talking about. Like yeah. as you go, you do so many weddings and you kind of just learn like, okay, this thing I don't really use that much. And it's kind of just weighing me down. This is the important stuff I really absolutely need. And for me too, wedding days can be crazy, dynamic, chaotic, and wonderful. But with that in mind, you got to just be mobile. You got to be able to run and gun and grab your shots as need be. So, you know, really just having it down to the essentials is key a lot of the time. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I took what you knew and applied it to what I should be doing. And I think that, I think a lot of people have a hard time with somebody is doing this better than I am. Maybe I should look at the way that I'm doing it. Like, I think everybody like gets stuck in this like rut of this is the way that it's always been. Therefore, this is the way that I'm going to do it. So nuclear beat that out of me in like six minutes. I can tell you that much. (laughs) They they don't mess around when it comes to that. Uh, Let's, let's chat about business growth. Let's do it. What, what do you think, was like the number one or like what in the number one, number two things that you did that really started to kind of propel your business forward? Like going from those $1,200 weddings, you know, going from free to now doing these like, you know, weddings at like the owl's nest and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I would say the first thing we did when I first started out by films in the edit, were definitely kind of, more cookie cutter. They're more streamlined. Um, you know, that just came from lack of experience. Um, and also, uh, being a little scared to take creative risks. Um, and I was just getting creatively bored. And so Pow and I sat down together and we talked about how we could make it different, how we could make them more interesting and engaging. And we decided to just start taking way more creative liberties. Um, taking chances, going out on a limb with edits, doing stuff that was not standard um, or at least didn't feel standard at the time Mm -hmm. uh, and imbuing a lot of our own personality into the films. And that really allowed us to start capturing the couples that gelled with our personalities. Um, And I told her, I was like, this is not going to be casting a wide net. 
but the people who we do get are going to be the right fit. Um, so that absolutely helped us grow. It made us stand out a little bit more for one. And I think it also, it hit home with the people it needed to hit home with. And we started getting those, those couples that we really loved and loved working with. Um, and I would say that the number two thing, um, was honestly just like (laughs) buckling down on how we're editing stuff specifically for Instagram, uh, sort of trying to find that secret sauce, which admittedly is an elusive secret sauce because it's always changing. (laughs) Um, but really going hard on our teasers, our teasers are what get the most engagement on Instagram. Uh, we get a lot of leads from Instagram. So we knew teasers, uh, were something we wanted to put a lot of focus on. So, Uh, One thing I try and do that not everyone does is a lot of people will sometimes do the highlight actually, and then pull a teaser out of the highlight. I try and make the teaser its own standalone piece of content. So it it, it really is telling a story just within the teaser. It has a nice arc uh, and it's also captivating. And there's simple things to doing that. Even just like having your video start with someone's face starting with the couple's face. So if someone's just scrolling, they're immediately seeing a really beautiful shot. People get more connected with people's facial expressions. That's why every YouTube thumbnail is someone's face. That's why every thumbnail on Netflix tends to be a a character's face. Um, So just doing little things to try and um, get more engagement on Instagram because that's just led to a ton of leads for us. Yeah, I did. I did a podcast about Instagram not too long ago. And we um, are number two referral is Netflix or Netflix is uh, Instagram. I was thinking about <laughs> thumbnails and Netflix because Netflix literally <laughs> just changed the way they did their thumbnails. Uh, but uh, yeah, Netflix is doing this weird AB testing right now to where they're trying to match mm-hmm. the thumbnail off of what they think interests the viewer. So it's not even like it's irrelevant about what the movie is actually about. So, like, if you were watching, yeah. like, Braveheart, but you're, and you love romantic films, it might show Mel Gibson in, like, the French uh, princess kissing. Not yeah. letting you know that this movie is about this dude who goes buck wild on the, the English. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, they're, like, they're doing, they're changing the thumbnails to something they think you're just going to click on. But that's beside mm-hmm. the point. Um our number two uh, referral like funnel is Instagram and our number one highest paid thing is Instagram. We get higher paying couples from Instagram than we do from vendor referrals, which isn't to say that vendor referrals are bad by any means. It's just, there is, there's a lot of like quality out there off of Instagram and with what Jesse, you were talking about, like there are riches in niches like that. That expression exists for a reason. And for you to drill down to like that target couple and that kind of stuff and like isolate, like these are the people that I want to work with. These are the people that are attracted to you guys through your website, your branding, that kind of stuff. Like that's, that's the place where you want to be. Um, but we've, we've booked like very, very expensive clients off of Instagram, like number two, number three, 
like highest paid clients that we've ever had have come off Instagram. So it's, you, you definitely shouldn't be sleeping on sleeping on the instance whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and just to that point, you know, just sort of anecdotally in terms of nailing down our audience, there's definitely a certain type of couple. I think, uh, pal and I attract, and it's not that I don't ever want to do like the super high end ultra luxury weddings. I'll certainly take a few of those to pay the bills. I'm never going to turn that down, but there's also sort of this mid tier, uh, couple that I think we tend to attract. They're usually kind of quirky. They're usually, uh, down to earth, maybe, uh, extroverted introverts, kind of like ourselves. Um, and just anecdotally, one of those couples, we filmed their wedding last year. We got brunch with them this morning and mm-hmm. they gave us the news that they just got pregnant. Uh, they're expecting in March, we got to have, uh, you know, this great brunch with them. We've hung out with them a few times before. And so we also just like really connect with the couples and form these like really cool friendships some of the time, um, which is something we like to do a lot. We really like to to invest ourselves in these couples' lives because they're trusting us, you know, with their really important day. Uh, so that's been really beautiful to to experience over the past couple of years. Yeah, we've. Um, uh, I was just talking to like a luxury planner, somebody that's doing like. 500,000 million dollar weddings and you do start to lose that intimacy with the couple. Like what I was talking to her about is the client kind of shifts from the couple to the planner. Like your job is, you know, the the couple's going to probably, yeah, this this is going to sound awful and I don't, I don't mean it the way that this is going to sound. So I just want to preface this. What I found at the lower end markets, $1,500, $1,800, $2,000 couples, that they're super hard to work with. Like there's, yeah. you know, that's where we started to see like all kinds of weird revision requests and just random stuff. And then once we got to like, we're in like the six to eight K realm, you know, it's, they just expect you to give them a good product. Like we won't get yep. feedback on any. Like I haven't had a comment on a film in like over a year, and other than oh my god, I love it. Like that's it. And I, I don't know what it is, but it does seem like when you cross a certain threshold, that they just they expect you to perform. You perform at that level. You give them a product. You know they still leave you reviews and that kind of stuff. I'm just using that as an example. Like that's, um, but when you're working with like a luxury planner the object is to make something that they're also going to like, because that's, what's going to keep them referring you because you're not going to really interface with the client much. Right. And right. That's there, like the there's definitely a sweet market. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, and I, I can tell you it exists because uh, I worked in, in commercial video for five years. It exists in the commercial world too. The exact same crossover the low end, they're going to have a ton of revisions. They're going to be really picky, um, probably because they're just not super used to the process. Uh, and then on the super, super duper high end, they're also going to have a lot of notes because they just have a lot more people invested and a lot more money at stake. But there's that middle ground where, you know, they're willing to just trust you with the process. And and I love sort of working in that, in that sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had a couple like we had one 
where the best man gave a 25-minute-long speech. That is not a joke. That's not that's nice. not an exaggeration <laughs> whatsoever. In fact, it might have actually been longer than that. But anywho, the, um, and he made a comment about how his brother met this, you know, wonderful girl who really challenged him. And she told him like, oh, you know, I bet you can't learn Mandarin. So he moved to China for like three years and completely immersed himself and learned Mandarin. And, uh, yeah, no, like a really cool story. So I put that in there. Like, I was like, oh, like, it's awesome that she motivated him to do that. Thinking that it was the bride. Until he called me as soon as he seen the video and was like, dude, that was like an ex-girlfriend of mine. Like, you consider any way we uh, could take that out? And I was like, why would that guy mention that? Like, why would he talk about oh, this? <laughs> so, goodness gracious. Yeah, no. So, you know, like, I'll obviously, you know, revise stuff like that. But I was just like, man, what are you talking about? Like, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel blessed. I feel like the majority of, of revisions I usually have to make, at most, it's like can I have a couple more shots of my mom in here? Or yeah. I actually really don't get along with this person. Can you just take that? And that's a kind of the most of it, which is, has been really, really nice. On our storytelling session questionnaire, we have a block. Is there anyone you want us to avoid? Like you, you tell us who you don't like, yep. and we'll stay away from them. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. We, we started doing the same thing. Uh, and that's been really, really helpful. Yeah, it's really like it's you'd be surprised. Like, it's very helpful. And we will be right back. Have you been struggling to make solid cinematic films? Do you watch other filmmakers and wonder why their products look so good? You need training, good specialized training, something that is easy to digest and that you can take safely at home. I'm not talking about college, I'm talking about full time filmmaker. Marco Wahlbeck and his team have put together an amazing course with over 400 training videos. Everything from Wedding Video Pro with Jake Weisler to how to edit with Premiere or Final Cut. Imagine getting proper, real-world training you can do at home. Imagine the impact that would have on your work, your skills increase, your quality increases, and then so do your prices. Click on our affiliate link below Take the free online training on their top 10 secrets to achieving cinematic shots and see what full-time filmmaker can do for you. We did it and it propelled our business. Do you have any don'ts when it comes to like business growth? Do you have anything that you'd say like, I would highly recommend that you like stay away from this? Uh, I would stay away from, gosh, probably two things. Um, one is... Not really something to stay away from, but stay away from not taking risks. Um, I think if you just try and continue status quo, um, you're probably going to plateau. You're either going to get burnt out creatively or people watching your films will just see a lot of repetition um, and not feel like their film's going to be unique. Um, which again, maybe that's fine for some couples, but at least the couples I've wanted to attract want something a little bit more unique. Um, and the other thing is, is just be careful with, with trends. Um, certain trends are really cool and they're nice to employ and figure out and sort of put it into like your tool set. Um, but just be careful not to overuse them and, and that you're using them in, um, thoughtful, thoughtful ways. 
Um, so like don't speed ramp there, every shot. Yeah. Not everything has to be a speed <laughs> ramp. Not everything has to be uh buttery move. Um, you know, right now there's some trends for having sort of like the lily out of focus shots. Those can be cool when used like, like I said, thoughtfully, but if you start overdoing it, um, you know, it's like food. If you over season too much, you're going to lose sort of the, the meat of what's there. Um, yeah. So just be careful with trends. Just make sure that you're employing stuff thoughtfully and that it's matching your brand and gelling with your brand. Yeah. I mean, we, we intentionally tell our couples that like we try to avoid trends because like, I don't want somebody to watch their film 20 years from now and be like, Oh, that looks cheesy. Like that's, you right. know what I mean? Like we, we try to avoid like fast transitions and a bunch of other stuff. Like we, um, just because we don't think it's going to age well. Like I, you right. know, it's yeah. like, I it's mean, like table interviews. I try to watch mm-hmm. one of those cringeworthy videos now. <laughs> yeah. You, you barely see that. I mean, even like colors. Um, cause I, I stress a lot over our colors, like up until a year ago, everything was pretty dark and moody. And now it's kind of swinging the opposite direction as trends tend to do. And now it's a lot of like light and airy and I'm trying to just find a nice middle ground. Cause I don't want to jump ship altogether. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, over yeah, overexposed, zero detail. Awful. But again, but these are trends and you see them a lot and uh you know, it could be it could be very easy for me to just start doing um <clears throat> overexposed. Yeah, just go three stops <laughs> over I, and call it good. <laughs> right, but I don't I don't necessarily want to do that. I want to find something that sort of gels with my brand and if you're able to nail down what it is that makes your brand yours, what it makes what makes a film like specifically your film, you could be setting a trend, you know, in a couple of years from now. Yeah. We're, we really try now to base our colors off of the color palette of the day. So like our, the video that we shot on Saturday, that couple, like that video is going to have, like magenta in the highlights, you know what I mean? Like it's going to lean towards that like luxury photography kind of look compared to if we were to do a wedding, like our weddings in October are going to have a much more like warmer desaturated. You know what I mean? Like we base everything really kind of nice, like yeah. off the, yeah. Uh, so which we're, we're trying to get better at. Like, I don't want anybody to think that I'm an expert with either one of those by any means. Like sometimes I look at it and like, Oh my God, the whole image is pink. <laughs> so, like, but uh, we evolve, we learn and evolve. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, plus color grading in Da Vinci, that really does help. So. Oh, absolutely. Da Vinci's the, the freaking best. Uh, let's see. So, everybody is different when it comes to going full-time and I mapped out like pretty much everything we did step-by-step in episode 33, including what I thought people, when I thought people shouldn't go full-time. So like I talked about things like, uh, folks who have that are already invested into a retirement system, people that are maybe close to retirement, you know what I mean? Like not abandoning, yeah. like it might not, like, I think that, going full-time is a very personal decision and it's not exactly the 
end all be all for every wedding vendor. You know what I mean? Like I, it seems like a lot of people are always like, do this to go full time, do this to go full time. And that's not necessarily like the answer for everybody. Like that's, you know, and I, I talked about it on the podcast. If things wouldn't have lined up with me the way that they would have, I would have stayed at the cannabis commission because I had a pension and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it just made more sense for me to stay there. I mean, hell, um, yeah. for just the kids and Brittany to be on the affordable care act was over $700. And I just seen somebody in a Facebook group not too long ago. They posted something about, uh, well, you can get on the affordable care act at the end of the year. It's practically free. And I was like, I don't remember getting eight grand back from the government because I was on the affordable care act. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, it wasn't exactly affordable. And I had like no right. income at that point too. So it's not like I was making a lot of money and not get like, I had pretty much zero income. Cause I had just left the plant and that kind of stuff. And, uh, I think I might've been bringing in a grand every couple of months. That's not a joke. Oh, wow. So wow. for, you know what I mean? When I listen to people say that stuff, I was like, you've clearly never been on it like that's So anywho, that's my little tangent there for a second. But, uh, <laughs> so I, I want to hear your approach because you went sure. full time. Just, uh, it's been what it's been almost a month now, right? Almost a month. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, um, how, how did you approach it? Like what, what did you, what did you kind of, what'd you do? Sure. Well, uh, I'll certainly say, A, you're completely right. Uh, it's definitely not a one size fits all. I think everyone has their own, their own approach to it and what's going to work best for them. is not necessarily what's going to work best for everyone. I'll also preface that, as you said, of been a little bit less than a month so take anything i say with a grain of salt i'm still learning and adapting as i go um but going full-time as soon as uh pal and i really saw that we were doing well making wedding films we knew we wanted at least uh to get me to be full-time um i sort of do a little bit more of the lion's share of the shooting um which tends to be a little bit more taxing uh, just physically running around with the stabilizer all day. And then also most of the editing, uh, which tends to be the most time consuming. Pow does more of the, um, the client management and social media, which I don't know how she does it still takes a ton of time, but it's a little bit more sporadic where it's like editing. I really want to be able to sit down for, you know, a good few hours. Yeah. Long blocks um, of time. Yeah, exactly. So we knew we wanted to get me to, 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 go full time. But we, like I said, we had really slow growth. I mean, we started, when we started, we weren't even salt and pine films. We were Paula and Jesse, um, just cause we wanted to get our names out there. Uh, and eventually we rebranded, but you know, I think our first year we did like five or six films. Uh, and it was great having some extra income, but it was definitely not anything we were going to go full time on. <clears throat> and then sort of end of, end of 2019 beginning of 2020 we were making some decent money we thought maybe this is something i could do full-time with maybe a part-time job and then COVID hit uh and boy oh boy was i grateful i did not jump into doing weddings full-time right then i kept my full-time job i was doing commercial video work uh shooting and editing um sort of commercial clients sort of across new england and also across the country um and that was really nice just to have a steady income. Um, but you know, that it just got to be too much, um, trying to juggle both. It honestly got to a point where, 
the commercial work was getting really, really busy and wedding work was getting insanely busy um, with sort of the explosion as soon as COVID um, restrictions started to die down a little bit. Uh, so we really had to, to make the call. I could not physically keep doing both jobs. Um, and the way I looked at it was, you know, this, this full-time job, I'm getting a salary. No matter how much work I do, it's going to be the same amount of money. I was pretty much as high up in that company as I could go. Uh, and wedding work, at least if I'm going to be, uh, if I'm really going to be busting myself, working really hard, at least I'm making more money while I do it. So it's a slightly easier pill to swallow. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it honestly came down to weddings had a lot more growth uh, moving forward. You know, I could start doing more Friday weddings. Um, I could start working with some more second shooters to take the load off of PAL. That was going to be really useful. And I'll also say I'm fortunate in that I have a wife who I do this work with. Um, that makes it a lot easier. She's keeping her full-time job, um, which is really beneficial. So we have healthcare through her. Uh, she still has all of her benefits. That makes me going full-time a lot easier mm -hmm. knowing that we have that safety net. Uh, and her full-time job is a lot more flexible uh, with time off, with her hours. So it just made sense for her to keep that job if I was going to go full-time. So it honestly was uh, a little bit of a necessity, a little bit of good timing, and a little bit of just good fortune with the job that my wife has. Yeah, I'm not trying to change the subject. Your dog is hilarious. Oh, I've yeah. Watching, I've, been uh, watching your, a, I've been watching your dog back there just getting after it. It's just been... Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's having a good snooze. He's actually turning 10 on Sunday, and he's showing every year of it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, he was like laying on his a back big, a second ago, like, like pretending oof. like he had a ball in front of him. Uh, yeah. But no, I think, and I also think that it's important for people to realize with what you were talking about that, you know, your ability to go full time was based on a set of factors. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't just this arbitrary yep. decision to where you were like, all right, I'm just going to quit and do it. Like there were certain things that you had in place. Like that safety right. net with Powell, like that's a big deal. Same thing with me, like being able Huge. for my, for, you know, Brittany and the kids to have healthcare through the military and that, like there was, you know, there were things that I needed just like you to take care of other people. So that's, again, that's why I think it's very, it's, it needs to be a very like strategic decision going full time. Um, what? Yeah, and I, and look, I, I definitely don't want to dissuade anyone who is looking to just go full time uh, right away. I think as long as you have your ducks in a row and you're being smart about it, I think a lot of people could do it. You know, mm -hmm. um, the the fortunate thing is we had been doing it for a few years. We had a successful business model. You know, we're like almost mostly booked out through at least the rest of this year and a good chunk of next year. So that made the risk a lot less to go full time. So I'd say just get yourself in a position where, you know, you're at least going to keep a roof over your head and keep, you know, food coming in the door. That way you can take those creative chances and continue to grow. Cause if you're going to go full time and be really scraping by moment to moment, I don't think you're going to do yourself a lot of favors long term. It's just going to make it that much more arduous. Yeah. Mental health would be uh, pretty miserable too. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? 
Yeah, I was there. So I know it's only been a month. Do you think there's anything that you would have done yeah. differently that might have sped it up? Or everything kind of like, I mean, like we were on the precipice of going full time in March of 2020 and then the world just went to crap. So we, yep. you know, and I was in the same boat as you were. Like I had a full time job. So we were very fortunate in that, you know, we could fall back on that, fall back on that income. <clears throat> but anything, anything you would try to do differently? I, I would say, I mean, to be honest, like had COVID not happened, I would have done it a lot. And sort of like what I was saying before, like taking some of those chances. Um, I think it's really healthy. Again, not taking, you know, just blind chances, sort of calculated risk. But um, I would have done it before and started getting some of that growth going sooner. Because um, absolutely, you know, doing both jobs at the same time. I was doing everything I could just to get, you know, a teaser out the door, um, yeah. in my, in my spare time. So now I have just so much more time to invest, not only into making great films, but into growing the business, doing some more social media, doing more outreach, um, doing just a lot more of everything that I was neglecting previously. Yeah. Um, I don't, I have no idea how I was doing this and working a full-time job. I really don't because it seems like just, I am doing like 110 miles an hour all day long. And I was talking to Brittany about it and I was like, how was I doing meetings and like organizing projects? Like what? (laughs) And then my, uh, a friend of mine in California, just, uh, he was like, it's because you weren't doing both at a hundred percent. He was like, you were Mm -hmm. half ass in both jobs. So that's why. And that, and I, I actually, you know, because I had to go through the hard conversation with the my boss and my full-time job about the fact that I was leaving. And I, I kind of just straight up told him, I was like, I feel like I have uh, my feet in both these worlds and I'm not doing either to the best of my ability. Um, and I really just got to focus on one and I want to take this chance on myself and see how far I can take this thing. Uh, and he was really respectful of, of that answer. Um, cause you know, it's hard to say, but it's the honest truth. I wasn't doing either as well as I could have done. Yeah. Uh, so how's it going right now? How so your first month? How do you like it? I absolutely love it. My, my wife, uh, jokes that every morning she sees me wake up like a little bit happier and a little bit happier. Uh, and that's honestly how it feels like just, I have a lot less on my shoulders um, it's been really nice to dive in and just focus on wedding work. Um, you know, th- there's a lot of similarities between this and commercial work, but I get so much more, uh, wedding work is so much more rewarding than commercial yeah. work. Um, being able to capture people's special day and have, you know, them show their parents, them show their friends, people fall in love with it people feeling those same feelings they had on their wedding day when they watched the film like that makes me so elated. Whereas with commercial work, a glowing review is if someone replies in an email and says, yeah, it looks great. Like that, that's a, that's a five star review right there. The thumbs up. Emoji. Yeah. It looks awesome. That's yeah. That is wonderful. Um, so yeah, it's just so much more rewarding. 
And I get to do it with my wife, which is a huge plus. You know, if I was spending all my time away from her going off and shooting weddings, I think it would be a lot harder. Um, but the fact that we get to go to these different venues and meet all these different couples together and go through the process together, um, it honestly just makes it so much fun. And it's so cliche to say, but it doesn't always feel like work because I do genuinely love it. Um, it more than not feels like play, which is the most I could ask for. Yeah. I mean, a really good example is this right here. Like this is the third podcast that I filmed today. And while I am tired, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I've talked to four amazing people. Like I get to interact with people. I get to pick their brains on stuff. Like I get to help, you know, people all across the world because we get downloads all over the place now, uh, gain some insights and knowledge on, you know, whether it's working with a luxury planner or, you know, doing stuff with audio or, you know what I mean? Like this, I don't view this as work. Like I'm just sitting down and chatting with you for like an hour. You know what I mean? Like that's, and that's, that's really amazing, especially with the way technology is now, because I mean, mind you, you're, you're like an hour away from me, but, uh, (laughs) the, well, with technology, you know what I mean? It's far enough in rush hour traffic. It's far enough. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Uh, but that we can even do this like that's yeah. So, well, plus you have those angel eyes I get to stare at. So there you go. I can just blink a lot. (laughs) I know my son does that now. I straight seen oh, really? him do that. I'd seen him do that to one of his teachers and she instantly did what he was asking for. And I was like, this kid picked it up. He's only four. <laughs> and he got it. He got it. It works. So <laughs> what, uh, how do you want to close this out? What, what do you, what's your final piece of, of, of advice for business growth? Like what, what do you think if you had to say was like your, your number one, like go, go try to do this today. To, you know what I mean? To kind of spur, spur some things. What do you think that would be? I would say, uh, make sure that your films are not only, um, uh, showing the couple in the best light, but showing, uh, your brand in the best light and are reflective of your personality. Um, whether that's music choice, whether that's how you color stuff, how you edit stuff, um, the types of creative decisions that you're making, just try and make sure that they are imbued with your personality. Because if you put that out into the world, you'll find the people in the audience that it resonates with. And it's just going to make your life so much easier. One of the, honestly, one of the biggest compliments I could ever receive is uh, we've had couples who hire us and they just say, you know, we ask them, what they want their day to be like, what they'd like their video to be like. And more often than not, they tell us, we trust you, do your thing. Um, you know, we love your films. We love the way that you edit. We love your style. Just do the salt and pine thing <laughs> with our video. That makes me so happy. That makes me feel uh, reassured that I'm doing my best work. Um, so yeah, honestly, just like look at how you're shooting, look at how you're editing Make sure your personality is is shining through and you will start booking the couples and the clients that are fit for you. You're not going to book everyone, but that's not the point. There are other wedding videographers 
are probably a better fit for those couples. Make sure that you're attracting the couples that are a good fit for yourself. Yeah, no, I think that's really good advice. I hope everybody just wrote that down. Um, so with that being said, Jesse, I am so glad that you had a chance to come on today. I'm so stoked to get a chance yeah, to talk thanks, to you. Thanks, man. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I, I love doing these things. Uh, so if you guys if you guys haven't seen, please go. It's saltandpinefilms.com, right? Yep. 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 That's right. So yeah, and go say, to salt say and pine. on Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say it's at Salt and Pine, at Salt and Pine Films on Instagram. Yep. They do amazing work. That's how I found Jesse. Um, I was just doing some some reconnaissance on the uh, on the enemy, <laughs> and I found I found Jesse, <laughs> and we we became friends. So it's very very that's, uh, uh, friends. Yeah, no, and that, you know, so kind of to talk about that just for like ten seconds. There's no such, at least in my opinion, there's no such thing as competition in this in this game that we're in when it comes to like, no. say wedding videography, like Jesse and I live within an hour of each other. Like we, we do have two different markets just in general terms. And, but mm-hmm. we, uh, I'm sure we share the same keywords on things and we hashtag the same thing, but this, this, there's no sense in looking at somebody as being competition at all. No, because there's, I know in new England, there's like 40,000 weddings out here a year. Like it is insane yeah. at the amount of weddings. So, I mean, you, <clears throat> there's no physical way that me and Jesse uh, are going to ever need to compete over one of those weddings. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's literally no shortage. It's definitely the case of a rising tide lifts all ships. There are so yeah. many local videographers that, you know, if we're already booked, we share their names with oh, couples yeah. and they share and they share ours. You know, it's just good, good vibes all around. Yeah. We have a, uh, we have a, a, an email template that has like your name that's hyperlinked. You know, it's got, it's got like a handful of people on it that we're like, Oh no, we're booked. Here you go. And it's just, we copy paste <laughs> like that. You're so, you're it, so good. We you're try. so good. Of course you have a template. Yes. <laughs> You're yes. so good about that kind of stuff. I wish it was automated. I wish I could get it to where <laughs> if my date was already taken, I could get it to just automatically send that email out and then close out the That'd be sweet. Yeah, that, that's what that's the kind of that's the level of automation that I want. Um to where I don't even see the inquiry come in. Inquiry comes in, automatically flagged as already booked, sends out the email with, hey, we're booked, here's here's some other recommendations, closes out the inquiry and goes to archive. Awesome, but um, yeah, man, thanks a lot for being here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, dude. Loved yeah. it. So, make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure you follow our podcast. Uh, don't forget to join our private Facebook group, Wedding Videography for Beginners. Hope everybody is staying safe and healthy, and we will see you next week. My Bye. saluting with my crooked finger. <laughs> Are you backing up your footage? Is it seamless, running in the background, and easily available? Bring in Backblaze, the world's easiest cloud backup. Our workflow is so simple. We offload our footage onto our external drives. Then that evening, the files automatically start backing up into the cloud. There's nothing else for us to do. Imagine having the peace of mind that your footage is stored off-site in a safe location where you can easily retrieve it from your browser and that it is crazy affordable. That's Backblaze. Click on our affiliate link below and get one month free.